Hello friends, this is episode number 8 of Starting to Know Business podcast with your host Come on. You know, come on, try with your host Issue Singh. I try to basically be present everywhere. Uh, I would say that I'm not omnipresent, I'm not god. <laughs> so I just try to be on every platform like LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Medium. So if you ever think of following me or if you ever think that I want to learn more from what issue is saying or what his podcast is all about or I want to learn more from him then you can follow me on Instagram i am dot issue saying or you can go to my YouTube channel issue saying you will learn a lot from my videos i actually try my best if you're listening to this podcast for the first time starting to know business podcast is all about business exploring the unexplored depths of the business world because in business you are always learning and we are part of your learning process i'm going to ask you this so if you're driving any kind of motor vehicle maybe a bike maybe a car what happens when you accelerate when you accelerate you go with more faster pace and business is not different it's exactly the same thing it's kind of a vehicle and if you accelerate with different things you will go faster Today we're going to talk about the same thing how to accelerate the business but with Accelerate America's CEO Roy. Do you know about gamification? Gamification is a kind of process that teaches you the thing without even you realizing that you're learning something because you are actually playing a game. And Accelerate America is having same kind of gamification of skills that you can learn and grow your business. Hi Roy, welcome to the pod. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Awesome. And what is Accelerate America? I want to understand that part first before we go any deeper. Uh so Accelerate America is um it's basically a help small businesses to adapt and excel in a digital economy. Uh the name's a little bit of a play on a business accelerator, which if you're familiar, a business accelerator is mm-hmm. primarily for uh Kind of startups um where they provide a level of education and mentorship and then some resources um i wanted to do that for more established main street businesses who i think are kind of the central uh players in any given community so uh, accelerate america does that um we basically provide an online platform where businesses participate in um kind of interactive applied learning experiences um I call them challenges. Uh we also call them interactives. Uh they also kind of tap into a, v- a virtual peer and uh, expert network uh which is really what we lean on for insight and inspiration and then um finally just accessing the host of uh, other resources and services to you know, run their business more efficiently or effectively. Uh so we're really just in a nutshell trying to uh revolutionize how businesses learn connect and grow so and is that online only or do you have like any physical presence as well yeah uh it's principally online um but and really the notion of online was to create access for um enterprises business owners uh no matter where they are where they uh who they know where they come from Yeah. Um but that said we do have a lot of local partnerships actual kind of business associations downtown development authorities chambers of commerce who partner with us and share our programming and our platform uh so there are elements where sometimes we do have um mm-hmm. kind of in person things that run simultaneously 
Mm -hmm. And Roy, is your support national level as well, or it's only focused on in the Detroit area, or I would say it's it's up to the international level? Uh, no, it's um, it's nationwide. Um, the in-person events really depend on the uh, local partnerships, but it is, uh, and it's only in the U.S. right now, just simply because that's who we talk to. And um, mm -hmm. but it's uh, it's really geared towards um, creating access for people uh, and businesses, well, regardless of where they are. So. Mm -hmm. um, we do have a big presence in Detroit though. Um, you know, we do a lot of testing and kind of audience, um, analysis and in-person events here in Detroit. So, and that's mm -hmm. just where I grew up. So that mm -hmm. was natural. I was so desperate to ask you this question and here comes the time. I want to ask you what keeps small businesses as always small. What is that thing that is missing? from their scalability like if someone is selling something they can obviously scale that yeah what keeps them small well it's always um scale and i know you know a bit about scale yeah it's always a it's always a game of getting to that next level kind of making the leap and um it's not just a matter of building for scale in terms of like um platforms and things it changes your thinking your processes right so you do have to do things that are scalable but you when you're starting out you might not be able to build it for scale right you know you need to find your smallest viable audience and you know when you're you know core true fans but then as you grow you have to be ready to adapt and i think just the ability to adapt and think uh, on a bigger and bigger scale is the biggest challenge and a lot of what i see about small businesses that don't don't scale or don't grow um or maybe burn out it's you know oftentimes that inability or that that lack of ability to adapt or make that next next leap and i just want to point out that i think mm -hmm. when we talk about scale or growth it doesn't always mean that every business has to be you know 10 it, it could be about your time, right? What do you want to do with that? And because if you're always in that kind of that startup mode where you're just grinding it out, uh, one of my favorite sayings is basically working longer is not growth. So um, what are you doing to make this company work for you? And that in itself entails thinking creatively and continuing to adapt your business so that you know, it can basically run with you touching it less, right? So, mm -hmm. or at least so, touching it differently. <laughs> so you mentioned about the processes. What about the funding part? Maybe in some cases, entrepreneurs don't get the money to scale up their businesses. What do you think? What is the role of the funding part? Well, you know, money helps a lot of things. I'm not going to argue that. But, yeah. um, you know, I always say also that when when you take some money from somebody, then you're, you're, you're inheriting a, a certain other responsibility that you may or may not want. So um, a lot of the companies that we deal with are not venture backed. Um, and I also think it's funny because a lot of the companies that we talk to, um, they're either talking about the idea of, you know, if they just had more money or they, or that they have a marketing problem. Right. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times that's not really the case, you know, that those, those are kind of, a pretext for a bigger problem whether they're trying to think about their business. So um, for me, uh, it's really about, well, we really focus on the entrepreneur first and you know, what's their vision and kind of their, their purpose around the, the business. And then 
money is just a tool really at the end of the day, you know, like what do I need to do to get to something else? Um, I see a lot of times small businesses chasing uh, big accounts to try and get to scale. And I think sometimes that gets them astray because they kind of lose focus on what they're trying to build. Um, similarly, I, I see some people running around looking for, you know, funding or grants and stuff without really solving the, the true customer problem that they set out to, uh, to solve. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and some people think that taking the external money is everything. And like when you, once you are an entrepreneur, you are not answerable to anyone. Basically, if, so, if someone is thinking about this part, then that person is wrong because you are answerable to your customers, to your venture partners. If, if someone has invested money in you, you, you have to answer that person. You have to answer that company. If you have to answer that firm, where is that money going? How much return has been generated? And many other things, right? Like uh, it is important. You are answerable to everybody. Correct. Very correct. You know, the thing is when you give up, um, when you take venture money, there is, they have an expectation, um, you know, for scale so that immediately you're locked into a certain pathway. Um, Not to diminish the role of venture capital in the world. Um, A lot of the communities, one of the beefs I had with kind of a typical accelerator was the, the idea of funding 10 businesses in an accelerator so that one could become a unicorn, maybe get funding, right? Mm-hmm. My premise was a little bit different was I wanted to help 10 companies become game changers in their communities, right? To scale up and think, um, really focus around small business innovation. And maybe that isn't 10X, but if, you know, if you're taking a, on venture funding, you know, the way that model works is it just, it, you know, they need you to be thinking big for them to make it, make the sense of the returns. Um, so I focus a lot on how are you just being smarter in every aspect of your business and being really hungry about figuring out how you work, you know, from the, from the smallest viable audience and, and grow out and just being really, really diligent about how do you, um, you know, form partnerships or form other ways of doing things. Um, you talk about responsibility. I think it's also important to point out that, um, you know, I, my background, I ran a lot of big programs, um, basically sales programs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're just in the hustle of selling things, you know, you lose touch with um, customer, right? And, I think that what I've seen from small businesses, they're the ones most vested in a community. And I really do believe in this idea of, um, you know, instead of just being beholden to shareholders, you know, being beholden to stakeholders, and that includes your employees, your community, your environment, your um, customers. The, the, and I think when you operate in that kind of sense, you create a lot of value as an organization versus being merely extractive, right? And I, you know, I don't want to be Pollyannish about this. We all need to make a dollar and pay the mortgage, right? Or pay the rent. Mm-hmm. But um, I think we can do that in a way that's responsible and, and actually creates a lot of happiness for the business owner yeah yeah and when the business is small the touch with the community the bond is so strong with the community that the larger scale companies cannot build that is why smaller businesses are there and you have that personal connection like when you go to a small business you know that who's going to be there 
what they will say, what the person will say, how's your family? Yeah, you know that the personal connection with the with that person with that small business and when the scale of the business comes into play uh, you lose that connection and if the person is going from the smaller scale to the larger scale uh, the, the the dimensions the the things become really different because in the smaller scale business you might be working as a solopreneur maybe one or two team members at that time the things are different you are having a strong connection when you scale up you go into many direction you want to scale your business up you want to develop your product you want to do many things and when you want to do these many things the bond with the community becomes less stronger I won't say that in a negative way, but yes, it happens when you scale up your business, that personal connection, because now you have a 100 team member company, and if someone wants to meet you, it's not going to be possible, right? And the messages, the things that you want to do with that particular person is going to be different because now you have thousands of customers that you want to serve. So now that bond becomes different. I won't say weak in some cases. In some cases, it might be true, like the bond becomes weak, right? So what do you, what do you think about it? Yeah, it's very true. Yeah. yeah, and I think with regards to small business, um, like those smaller entrepreneurs who are just getting started, a lot of times they're coming in with a certain expertise. And what, one of the things that we like to talk about is going from expert to entrepreneur, right? Maybe you're, just use an example, really good at baking cupcakes, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you're going to quickly hate baking cupcakes when you find out that it's running your life, right? When you're, when it, when the business isn't doing for you what you want it to do. So you have to figure out how you can turn it, turn your expertise into a business, right? And so entrepreneurship is a skill in my mind, right? Mm -hmm. And it's a transition that a lot of people have to make. Um, and they feel better about what they do. You know, somebody who has a specialty, they may feel really good because they see the customer using their product or their service and they take a lot of pride in it. I think similarly entrepreneurs want to take a lot of pride in the enterprise that they create, right? Because it's doing the things that you, you know, on a bigger scale. And I think organizations, any kind of organization is um, an excellent way where you get a lot of people around a vision and do a lot of good. And so that way I kind of look at entrepreneurship as a tool for change. You also mentioned about skill. So I wanted to ask you, what is the most important skill that you think that every entrepreneur should learn? Well, uh, first of all, anything, it all depends on constant change and growth, right? Continuous learning. Mm -hmm. um, everything that I've understood is anything you want to change, whether you're an entrepreneur, or whether you're a member of a larger organization um, is around behavior, right? So your behavior and change starts with you. Um, and then, and then growing, it's really about stretching your, your perspectives. Like you have to constantly look at ways to optimize your business, right? You know, maybe fine to be using QuickBooks today, but you quickly have to figure out how you're spending your time. And that's why I talk about behavior, right? Mm -hmm. where, you, where you spend your time is what gets done. And so you have to quickly start to compartmentalize and, and move things off your plate, right? So that you can start to run the enterprise versus making the cupcakes. Um, and then I think fundamentally talent matters, right? If you're going to start to uh, be an organization that operates bigger, you know, and, and it, um, assuming it's not just something we've turned on the, you know, the flywheel and it's moving, but let's say you have to bring other people into the enterprise, 
to start to think about more complex problems, talent's going to matter, right? And as you start to go up in the kind of the scale of your business in terms of number of people, you have to be a different kind of entrepreneur, right? You may have been really, you might have been a good operator. You're going to, your role is going to be more about, you know, people, honestly, you know, your staff, making sure everybody's on the same page. And that's a gear change a lot of people just don't have, you know, quite honestly, a lot of entrepreneurs not that you have to do it but they don't graduate you know business school to go you know start their small enterprise right they're coming out of it from a completely different space so if they haven't had some kind of management training some kind of process training you know to understand you know how do i create quality and, and deliver on promises at scale then you know how is that going to happen right so people have to skill up continuously yeah yeah, yeah. Do, doing the work yourself is a different thing and when you are running a company when you are having a team members you need to delegate the duties you need to assign the duties you want to make the people responsible for what they are doing so they are there they will feel more accountable for that duty maybe you are having a different type of leadership skills that you want to have everything on your side but if you're gonna scale higher or if you're thinking of scaling higher you might become overwhelmed really easily if you are thinking that that person is not doing his or her job properly or maybe you're having a fear or a doubt that person is not going to do his or her job properly so that becomes a really that becomes a really kind of problematic in sometimes because if you want to scale you have to delegate the duties to the people who are hired for doing that particular job, right, right? Oh. And that, and you know, that whether you're an entrepreneur or you're a manager at another organization, you're gonna quickly find that if you don't figure out how to delegate and how to get other people on board, even if they don't report directly to you, it's just, you're not gonna work. And what do you think, what kind of problems that the businesses or the entrepreneurs are doing wrong, they should be doing something else in order to grow their business, but their focus point is something else. What do you think about it? Yeah, I think a lot of people think that they're just, they're th they, sometimes they throw money at a problem, um, whether it's like, I don't wanna do this, so I'm just gonna throw money at it, or marketing is my problem. Um, I do think marketing makes a difference. But getting really a clear perspective of who your audience is and how do you how do you develop empathy for that customer? Um, what are the problems that that customer is trying to solve? So let's just thinking about a small business. Uh, I spent a lot of time talking about customer journey and what is the, you know, I see a lot of small businesses that have kind of watched. Um, you know, kind of lament that, you know, people aren't coming to this store doing things like that. So they think, oh, well, I'm just going to throw a lot of money at Google AdWords or Facebook mm. or something like that. And I always say that, um, you know, the biggest advantage that small businesses have over, say, Amazon is the personalization. I'm not talking kind of Amazon's rubbish personalization, like you should also buy this, mm -hmm. uh, but more like, they know them, right? They're close to customer. They can see them. They can create different experiences. And so a lot of times um, an entrepreneur might try to kind of mimic a big, you know, big box kind of tech company. And when the reality is, yeah, mirror some of the customer service elements, perhaps like, you know, follow up and virtual stuff, but really lean into your person your your connection to customers so what that could mean is that even though the customer may be developing more of a digital first tendency mm -hmm. you can still play your advantage of being really 
close to customer on a personal side um, and just create better experiences for them. So when we talk about customer journey, you're like, what is the problem that they're trying to, you know, in terms of the discovery stage, right? What, how do they connect with you? How about the evaluation stage, right? What is the customer doing then? What are the opportunities to leverage technology to make a more personalized experience? You know, so I, I mean, I'm dealing with a bike shop that was like, oh man, we're closed. There's no way we can do this. And then I was like, well, what if you did do it? I mean, people are sitting at home on their computers. Of course they want to talk to you and they want to get out of their house. And they completely kind of revamped how they are delivering a personalized experience in a digital setting. They still have their shop, but it's like now they're operating outside their four walls in terms of how they're interacting with the customers. So when I see entrepreneurs, kind of the small businesses, kind of the mistake they make is like, oh, I need marketing. And they just throw money at a problem without thinking about what are the problems that a customer has and how can I create a specialized experience that nobody can touch, right? Maybe it's inviting to to a special conversation or a showing or something like that, right? Those are the things that are going to be special. A, A small business just kind of acting as a middleman, shuffling out products, you know, transactions, that's not going to, they're not going to do well. So. Yeah, exactly. It's hard for bigger businesses to build that personal connection with the person or the customer because they are at the scale. And if they are sending the automated emails uh, with the signature of CEO, the person is now, the customer is now so smart, they know that this is automated email and it's not coming from the person uh, like individually or I would say manually. Like if I would love to, I would love to host someone on this podcast if they are solving this problem. I know I touched point, I touched this point previously, but I really wanted to emphasize on this one again. Like if someone is solving this problem or someone is trying to solve this problem, this is going to be awesome thing. Because if I am doing signature, like custom, like personal signature is different. Like it, I've seen, I've seen companies like sending the emails, automated emails with the signature of CEO with no reply. Like if I'm going to reply, the email will get a bounce back. Like how is that personalized even? If so then don't send the email from CEO's email ID. What do you think? Uh, what do you think like the larger scale businesses lose that touch point? Uh, like, let me hear your t- take on this. Right, right, and very it, much so. Yeah, yeah. And if you think about it, the big boxes, you know, they they struggle too, right? They, I mean, I'll, I'll, I should give credit. We have a lot of enterprise partners who back us and stuff. And that's sort of my background. But all those big guys, all those big B2B players are trying to go from transaction to relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Because Amazon, you know, if it's just a transaction, you're a commodity. And if you're a commodity, then, you know, scale and tech wins, right? And so these guys are trying to get into kind of the solution space. Same thing where, so that's what an entrepreneur should be thinking about as well as, right? Like they got to get out of the commodity game and get into the relationship game. Or if they're going to get into something where they're um, providing a service, you know, the world's going to something as a service, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, don't try to be the low cost, low cost player, right? Just try to figure out where your super fans are. The low cost stuff comes in later, right? You can always find other ways to kind of, you know, go low market, but um, it's, it's really hard and it's a real issue with, um, I'll, I'll say businesses of all size. 
yeah. versus technology disrupts it. A thousand percent, a thousand percent. In order to compete with the bigger businesses, it's highly impossible in terms of pricing, because if if you're gonna if you're gonna think that you are you're gonna sell the same kind of product that the bigger box stores are going to sell or actually are selling then it's highly impossible that you can beat them in pricing because the pricing that they will get from the suppliers directly is going to be way cheaper than what you will buy in smaller chunks or smaller scales why because they are buying in bulk walmart if walmart is going to say that i want i want to buy 1000 pallets give me 1000 pallets of this product you're going to say give me one pallet of this product the price is going to be obviously different and in some cases, bigger box stores say that I want, a mono I want monopoly in this product. No one else should be selling this product. And that is why the stronger community, the stronger bond comes into play when you are talking about uh, the smaller businesses. The stronger community is going to be there, the more repeat, repeat customers you will get in your business. Because if 50 people are go coming to your business every single day, every single week, or every single month even, so they might tell other people in nearby communities or nearby them that, okay, this is a person who is selling this product. You will have that personal connection with that that particular person which bigger businesses might not get that is why if if like take an example you're talking nicely to one person that person would say like just for listening to you hi or hello i'm gonna spend maybe two or three dollars more or I'm, i like to spend time with you so it doesn't matter about the money not all the customers would think in that way but there are chances that some of the customer might feel good in your presence so they they are okay with spending more money so instead of going to walmart or some other bigger box stores so that is why you can and that is how the smaller businesses can compete with the bigger businesses not in terms of pricing but in terms of stronger bond right one of the things that the big brands suffer with is you know they throw in money at it but they don't you know as things become more localized they're not going to go away for certain things but i mean if you're if you wanted to pivot on a service or anything like that, you would go to your ambassadors and leverage that, right? Mm -hmm. um, you could create interesting collaborations, right? Depending on the scale of your business um, because you're of your size, right? And you, you know, if you, you have to use your closeness to customer as your advantage. So. Mm -hmm. And, and I want to ask you, uh, Roy, like I've, I've, I've learned a lot from you in this, conversation i want to ask you like how was the feeling when you actually started this business uh <laughs> this accelerate america and and in other words i want to ask you how you thought of taking this initiative at the first place how did it get started in the first place yeah um well honestly my background was in healthcare finance and i thought and i did a lot of work in healthcare kind of application development and i thought for sure i was going to create a healthcare accelerator in in detroit um and, but at the same time I was working, uh, I had a team in place and we were working with, um, small businesses and I had done a lot with small businesses using tech. Like, uh, we created a kind of a local gifting program. Mm -hmm. uh, we're connecting our enterprise people to small businesses. And I, I used Google maps to solve certain problems. You know, this is back in like in 2010, 12, where it's kind of not very prevalent as it mm -hmm. is now. <laughs> um, and uh, I just always enjoyed entrepreneurship and kind of the 
just the realness of small business. I was always a little frustrated that they small businesses were sort of stuck not using tech. So um, I quickly learned that I was not, you know, just the business cycle didn't make sense for me creating a small business accelerator and didn't really like the format of accelerators either. You know, basically, you know, selling into healthcare is a real pain, right? I'm not sure that any healthcare accelerator works that well. Mm-hmm. But then when I saw that the, you know, we, we had a lot of customers and we started asking them, what do you need help with? And they didn't need help. These small businesses, they didn't need help. They didn't need a deal, right? They're like, you know, thanks Groupon and Amazon and the rest of the internet has solved that problem for me. They needed help with basically growth is what they said. And so my take on growth was learning. Um, I'm like, well, if I teach you some new things, connect you to, show you how to use some new tools, maybe that'll work. So I, I piloted it with just honestly webinars. And um, I say honestly, because I, I think the world needs a, another webinar like they need another YouTube video. But um, the it was interesting because we had a lot of people come to us and say, oh, that was really interesting. And can you, you know, do more of those things? Uh, so we said, okay, we should we should launch this company. So I launched it with my team. Uh, we left and created it in 2017, mm-hmm. and um, quickly quickly pivoted to from okay, not let's not do webinars, but let's. Uh, I mean, here's a a live confession to you. I I probably learned more about statistics and geography uh, playing games than I did in college, right? And. and I, <laughs> And I have a math and econ background in finance, right? So um, I think there's a lot of power in games um, in terms of the intrinsic motivations and kind of how you do fun things. And, I, and doing hackathons growing up, I thought also it was fun. That was a fun way to connect with people uh, that you might not otherwise connect with. So I said, well, what if we changed learning to be more game-like? I don't want to say make it into a game, but more game-like. Mm-hmm. And um, so it should be fun, right? And where you're connecting with people and you're working on something you care about, which is your own business, not something abstract. Like, let me go off into a classroom and learn about balance sheets and then go try to apply it on my business or learn about social media and then go try to figure out how to push the buttons related to my account, right? Like, let's, let's open up the box of my business and do it live, right? And let me do it with a group of other people who are doing the same stuff. And let's, because you, it's so funny when you just have an entrepreneur, honestly, it's probably anybody, but they'll go through brick walls with an ounce of encouragement, right? And, or just, mm-hmm. and then they make huge leaps with just a little bit of different perspective from somebody else. Like, have you thought about it this way, right? This is the way I see it. And, and the leaps are so much better. So when we took learning and started to turn it into what we call challenges, which were I'll call them game-like, but they're really like, you know, a 30-day challenge might look like something like a business sprint where we're going to take a kind of a topic, break into week-long chunks, kind of micro sprints and just work on it on it, and see what happens. Um, it was funny because when we launched it, it was crazy, right? Like it was, um, I thought, you know, we all always learn right you know when you're starting a business and you're trying to learn from customers this was an excellent way to learn yeah, yeah. But you still come in with your own biases right <laughs> your own stuff and so i saw people taking our challenges multiple times i'm like oh, this is stupid like obviously you've already taken this challenge why would you you know i was thinking in kind of a serial pattern of a then b then c and mm-hmm. they're like no this is an iterative thing like this is a nice framework for me to keep getting better as i go i was like oh all right good learning 
Uh, <laughs> and then another one was um, I saw somebody. I'm like, it looks like you're having other people do your work for you. Like, what's the heck is going on in this thing? I see all these different people popping in. He's like, oh no, I'm using it for collaboration, right? Like, I we're getting a lot of people around this topic, so it's not just this isn't just my job. Like, I'm the owner. I don't, you know, I'm getting my daughter and my the person who handles marketing. Like, I was like. Oh, cool. So you can use challenges from, you know, like learning in a collaborative sense inside your own organization or with other kind of stakeholders. So it just taught me a lot more about how people can do, you know, you learn differently on stuff. So starting the company, I got to tell you, you know, it didn't, ha I had a general sense. I knew we'd make money from like, I knew we would get support from enterprise partners who thought that, you know, if, if we can cultivate important conversations with small businesses, they would sponsor us in many ways. And, and they have. Um, mm -hmm. But then I was like, can I really have an impact for the entrepreneurs? And it's hard, right? Like, cause you're like thinking, um, I want to make a difference, but I'm not sure that, you know, what I have to say is what people need, right? And so mm -hmm. you just have to show up and, and you'd be surprised that um, what you're able to contribute and whether that's your business or whether that it's just somebody deciding to do mentorship for somebody or just listen to somebody, right? Mm -hmm. um, what you find is a lot of people, a lot of business owners get trapped in their own world, head down, nose to the grindstone, and they just need a chance to step back and make a connection or look at the problem a little bit differently, you know, and it's so funny when we do these things. Um, I talked to an entrepreneur and um, the moment they would have, we, and we'd videotape this not to be creepy, but we'd videotape the conversations of these groups and we'd watch like, when are people most excited and people were most excited when they're talking about their vision for the company, like and the <laughs> change that they wanted to make. And I was like, damn, you see, look at that, right? Like you can see it, right? And so back to behavior, right? Mm -hmm. Behavior is one part motivation, one part ability, right? Like, and- Not everyone can do that, right? Right. Yeah. So, you know, you, can, you can't really solve for motivation all the time, right? You can sometimes solve for ability, but you know, you, you still need both to kind of create a behavior. And so, but I was like, yeah, let's let's think about how do we, I know that people get excited when they learn things, right? The people get excited when they learn, listen to your podcast and get a little bit of insight, a little different perspective, a little bit of idea of possibility. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, so, you know, here we are three years out, you know, we've helped, you know, I don't think we're anywhere near the company we're going to be, but um, we've helped, you know, close to 700 people have gone through our challenges. Um, we've got thousands of customers and partnerships Wow. Um, you know, we're building a product team. Um, my cousin who um, worked with me, I was an advisor to his uh, first startup and now he's been an advisor to us. Is, uh, you know, he's helping us put together a new product team to kind of build out the technical aspects. And it's just so funny to see this come along so fast, right? In mm -hmm. such a crazy way. And um, just, but at the end of the day, the coolest part is just, that people like refer you or write you notes and say, thanks for this. Right. And, you know, it's hard to put a number on like, Oh, I created X number of jobs or I, you know, changed the GDP of some little community. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, you know, having, 
I'll tell you, the, my biggest beef with it, kind of the legacy economic development efforts was all this attention towards startups or all this attention towards trying to land Amazon's next headquarters. And I was just like, you know, what are we doing for the people in the middle to help them adapt, right? Because that's what's happening. And, you know, so we talked a little bit this about this pre, prior to this conversation was, you know, COVID comes along and I don't really think COVID changed anything. It just hit the gas pedal on the change in the trends that were already there. Right. So yeah, um, if you're not ready to go, you, you better be now, right? Like you, you better be thinking about differently. And I, I think there was obviously some other kind of issues too. you know, safety is a different type of consideration, but the idea of like, how do I deliver services? You know, how do you uproot everything and start to deliver service and make connections in a world that's sort of, you know, distant, right? Or increasingly digital, right? Like this is where these small businesses have to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I feel like it's an important time for our business to be here trying to solve those problems or help people solve those problems. Yep, yep, yep. And like, it's, it's, it's a great effort from you. Like you're helping the people or not getting help from anywhere else, or I would say like getting less help from other places. And mm-hmm. of course, like there, this kind of services should be, I would say the part of every kind of community so that mm-hmm. those small businesses can also grow and take inspiration yeah. from one of your business as well. So I want to ask you now, uh, where can we learn more about you and your business if the listeners wants to go on your website or somewhere? Sure. Um, so this is a little lesson for all you entrepreneurs out there. When you decide to be clever and call something accelerate, but spell it differently, then you get on a podcast and you have to spell it out for people. So, um, we spell accelerate America, E X C E L E R A T E America. Um, and that's all one word, uh, accelerateamerica.com. Um, there you can find kind of our skinny on, uh, our different challenges um, and resources, and also um, we do a lot of um, we have uh, we do a lot of storytelling of different experts uh, and kind of their journeys and the way they're solving problems. So acceleratamerica.com, and that's E X C E L. Okay, thank thank you so much, Roy, for coming to the pod today. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you for having me, and uh, you know, keep up the great work.